God. Amen. Welcome to everyone tonight. I'd like to welcome all of you and especially to our guests tonight. We welcome you. Thank you for being here. I trust and hope that all of you have had a great holiday season and now we can get back down to business and get back connected to what God is doing and going to do and all of that great stuff. If you're joining us online tonight, wherever you may be joining us from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight. Thanks for taking time to be with us. We do give honor. It's appropriate. Praise God. Amen. I want to again give honor to Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're not standing and you're able to stand in honor of the Word of God, I would feel like several weeks ago, I forget exactly where and when, what the moment was, but I felt like the Lord dropped something into my spirit. I would like to share that with you tonight as we begin this new year together. John chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1. John 4, beginning with verse number 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea departed into Galilee. Verse number four says this, and he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go go through Samaria. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, when need supersedes want. When need supersedes want. Father, thank you for the privilege of being together tonight, being in your presence Thank you for your spirit that's been manifested here. Thank you for what you've done in this place already tonight. Thank you for the privilege and the honor of knowing you, of knowing people that know you, God, that we can join together with like precious faith. I pray, God, that you would speak to us tonight, Lord, as we begin a new year, as there seems to be kind of a reset that happens in our minds and our lives, and we ask that as we start this year off, we would start it off in a way that is pleasing and fitting, God, that your Spirit would work and move in our lives starting the very first Sunday night of this year, that your work would be done in us and through us. God, I pray and trust that you will speak to us tonight. I trust you for your anointing. I depend upon you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I would be quite surprised if there are parents tonight with children that are at least a couple of years old. 
if at not if at some point you have not had the want versus need conversation it's been my experience as a dad that my kids have had a lot of needs that weren't actually needs they really were just wants a Xbox, PlayStation is not a need. Much to the dismay of some, it's not a need. There's a lot of times a new phone is not a need. There's a lot of time new shoes are not a need. There's a lot of times new clothes are not a need. There's a lot of times... Food is actually not a need. (laughs) But we have a tendency, and it's not just the kids that do it. We still, as adults, do it from time to time to interchange those two. I think sometimes we try to convince God to provide our wants by somehow trying to tell Him it's just our needs. You didn't promise to supply all my wants, but you did promise to supply all my needs. So, God, this is a need, wink, wink. And that usually doesn't work. I'm not really here tonight. That's not the point. That's not the intent. In fact, in the context of tonight, both want and need are a positive thing. We like to be needed. We also like to be wanted. Sometimes we don't want to be needed as much as we're needed at other times. The beginning years of raising a child and sometimes in the middle of the night, mom and dad don't want to be needed as much as other times. And then you hit the teenage years and you're not really needed and now you want to be needed. We have a desire to be needed. I want my wife to need me. I don't want her to be able to make it without me. I don't want her to first and foremost make it without Jesus, but I don't, as close behind Jesus as I can get, I don't want her to be able to make it without me. I want her to sing to me just like she sings to Jesus. I need thee, oh, I need And I need her. And I need her way more than she, I ever led on or led on that I need her. We want to be needed. We also want to be wanted. I did not want my wife to walk down an aisle to greet me as her future husband simply out of need. I wanted her to come down that aisle wanting me. I know she was the star of the show coming down the aisle and all eyes were on her, but I wanted her eyes to be on me. I wanted there to be an interest in me. So again, I'm not here tonight to preach to you about one being bad and the other being good. In the right context, in the, in the right time, they're both, they're both good. 
with regards to want. I want somebody to do stuff for me because they want to. I don't, I don't want someone to do for me out of obligation or duty. I want them to want to do. I want them to want to give. I, I don't want somebody giving me a Christmas present because they just have to. I don't even want a birthday present just because you have to. I want you to want to give. One of the most rewarding things in all of the years of having children at Christmas time has been watching the excitement from the very beginning when we first started in, in different ways to even now, just a couple of days ago, watching the excitement of my kids as they give. Seeing the desire and the time and the effort and the energy that went in to getting the right gift and, and the desire to give that gift. I don't think God is interested or really wants us to be praisers and worshipers out of obligation. I don't think he wants us to come to church and we only worship because we have to. I'm obligated to and therefore I'm going to. I think God wants us to want to do it. He wants us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise because that's what we want to do. He wants us to lift up holy hands because that's what we want to do. He wants us to clap hands because that's what we want to do. He wants us to praise his name in the dance because that's what we want to do. He wants us to pray because we want to pray, not because we're guilted or obligated or pressed into it. So in fact, I think God is very interested in what we want when it comes to those areas. When it comes to what we're interested in, that He wants us to want it. This is not a trick question so that you can freely respond. How many of you want to know God more? You want to know. How about, let me ask you this, how many of you know you need to know God more, but how many of you want to know God more? How many of you want a deeper relationship with God? How many of you want a stronger connection with God? How many of you want to know the voice of God? How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? How many of you, those wants are some deep, driving wants? How many of you, some of those areas and others, those wants are things that are usually not too far out of your conscious mind? And they're usually right there in your subconscious, and it doesn't take something to touch that want. It doesn't take much to get in a church service or some kind of spiritual setting and something be said or done that that want inside of you awakens. You recognize those moments and those opportunities where that want can be, can be expressed and perhaps even be, be fulfilled in some measure. 
wonder if there's anybody here tonight that not just not just semantics, not just out of obligation or duty, and not just because it's what you're supposed to want, but is there anybody here tonight that really wants God to use you? You, you want God that, and, and, and maybe, uh, I know we kind of fluctuate because we live in the flesh and that's, that's life and, 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 and sometimes the flesh seems to be a little more dominant than the spirit. But when you really get down to, you know, when you get in a good old prayer meeting, how many of you, you, you want God to use you more than anything else, any other desire as far as life goes and what, what you're pursuing? God, I want you to use me. How many of you prayed that prayer more than one time? God, I want you to use me. Whether it's at a youth camp at the end of a message or at a youth congress or maybe it's a call to war or a manifest or a meet meeting or some other conference or maybe it's just you you all by yourself in a prayer meeting somewhere and your heart's crying out, God, I want you to use me. I, I believe that that moves God. I believe God's interested in that. don't want to sound disrespectful or judgmental, but you know, there, there's a religion out there that they pray five times a day. But I wonder how much of that prayer is out of want or how much of it's out of obligation. How much of that prayer is because this is what I want to do. It's what I want to do versus it's what I have to do. I believe I'm preaching to people tonight that you have some wants like I've just said, that it's more than just a verbal response and a hand that was raised, but you genuinely want some of those things. And other things that I have not even mentioned. So again, really in one context, I think God is very interested in what I want. I, I, I don't, I, I've got a, I've got a, all of us do, I know, but I think some of us have it a little more than others. I've, I've got a pretty serious, stubborn streak. And if, if I feel like you're fishing for me to tell you I love you or compliment you, or I don't, it almost doesn't matter how much I really need to, I'm pretty much not going to. Because in my mind, I'd rather you be mad at me for not saying something in this moment than, than to take the chance I'm just doing it because you need me to. That's not marriage counseling. I'm not saying that's good advice. I'm just telling you about me. <laughs> Don't use me for your excuse. I don't think he wants us just to do what we do out of need and obligation. He wants us to want it. I think a lot of times with just a little bit of spiritual discernment, and sometimes it doesn't even take spiritual discernment, it just takes natural discernment if there is such a thing. You can, you can kind of see a lot of times the difference between those that come to church that want to be there and want to worship and want to engage versus those that just need it because sometimes the difference is you come to church and there are no big needs. 
You come to church and life is going along relatively well. And so because there's no need, there's really not a motivation to really engage. But then there are those that it's not based on what they need or don't need. It's based on the fact, I just want him. I want more of him. I want to connect with him. I want to do what I'm supposed to do, not just because I'm supposed to, but because I want to. There comes a time when need pushes aside want. There comes a time when need, in a lot of ways, becomes more important than what I want. Jesus said, I, or the scripture says of Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. My understanding, my personal study, my personal understanding of this verse and the significance of it is the journey from Judea to Galilee, Samaria was actually on the way. But because of the conflict between the Jews and Samaritans, they would actually go around Samaria. They would not go through it even though it was on the way. The bottom line is I don't really think verse 4 is necessarily about the logistics of the journey from Judea to Galilee. Because the scripture says he needed to go through Samaria. It wasn't a matter of what he wanted. He needed to go. The word need there, actually the word, the two words must needs are one Greek word and they mean this, to bind, to tie, to fasten. To fasten with chains, to throw into chains. It means to put under obligation. What he was apparently communicating was, it doesn't matter what I want right now, there is something I have to do. Doesn't matter what my desires are, I may want to, I may not want to, but right now there is a need that is demanding I go through Samaria. Right now, there is a situation that is a need that requires me to do this. Requires me not to be concerned with what I want versus what I don't want. It is a need. There, there's probably not an adult in this place tonight that with a very, very few exceptions, the majority of adults here tonight probably want to lose some weight. I'm not going to preach tonight that you have exactly what you want because I don't want to make anybody mad. There's a bunch of us that want to. There's a bunch of you tonight that probably want to get in better shape. But it's just a want at this point. It's just what you want, and that's the problem at times with just a want. Because it's a want, I can sort of choose the impact that it has or it doesn't have. 
I do. I, I want. I, I exercise and I fairly regularly, but I, I want to be in better shape. I want to. But when I'm tired, I can say no to the things that I need to do to get in better shape because I just want to. When all I want to do is just, just lose weight is because I, I want to and I just, I want my physique to be a little bit better than it is. If it's just a want, it, that battle with the decisions of what I'm going to eat is really tough. And I usually fail because it's a want. I've got a grandmother sitting here tonight in her 80s who exercises daily has done so for years, has a very regimented way that she eats. But it's not because she simply wants to. It's become a need. You see, most of us that sit here tonight with a want to be in better shape and lose weight, if we were sitting across from the doctor in the doctor's office and he was telling us, if you don't drop 20 pounds, there's a good chance you're not going to make it six more months. All of a sudden, the want now becomes a need. There's a lot of folks that wanted something that didn't go after it, that when it became a need, Because there was now the motivation of a need, they decided, I better do this. I've come to preach to you tonight, there are some things that it's not about what we want as a church. There are some things that it's not about what we want as individuals, but I've come to declare tonight, there are some things that are absolute needs. Don't get nervous. I'm not about to preach holiness and doctrine and all of that, which if I did and would, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'll just give you a real broad category. Us having a move of God and a continual move of God in our midst is not a want. It's not just some desire that we have, but I've come to tell you tonight, it is a need. It is an absolute necessity. And so it really doesn't matter if we want it or not. I've come to tell us we need it. We must have it. We can't make it without it. I know we should want to worship and I hope our worship is motivated by a want, but I've come to tell Antioch tonight that our worship is not just a want. It's not just what we do because we want to, but it is a need. It is something that must happen. It is something that we have to have. It's not just a preference. I would imagine as God manifested in the flesh and Jesus and that he would want to go and help somebody out. And I don't want to make too much out of just one phrase. And at the risk of doing that, I've come to challenge you tonight that it wasn't just a a want. I must. I must. 
I've got to go through Samaria. There is a need. I pray by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, not only some things that apply to us collectively, not only some things that are about us corporately, but I pray that we can leave tonight as individuals with a different perspective on some things in our lives. I pray that some of us could leave tonight and prayer is not about just something I want to do, but I recognize it is an absolute need. It is an absolute necessity. It is an essential in my life. I pray that somehow some of us could leave tonight and coming to church and going to care group and going to Bible studies and prayer meetings is not what we just want to do and do it because we want to. But I've come to tell us tonight, it is an absolute need that we must have and we cannot live without. I want to breathe. I want to breathe. I really want to breathe. But I need to breathe. I, I, I just, every now and then you want, you just want a deep breath. And as much as I may want it, the bottom line is I need it. I'm afraid there's some things that we've allowed to just become wants. I'm afraid there's some things that we look at and it is just a want in our life. But we've got to understand this is not just a matter of what I want, but I need this. I must have it. I am bound to it. It's as if I'm wrapped up in chains with it. It's not a take it or leave it thing, but it is a part of the very fabric of my existence. Jesus said... Excuse me, the context first, Matthew 26 and verse 37. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. One of the meanings of the word will there is wish. What I want is this cup to pass. What I want is not to have to go through what lies ahead of me. What I wish for is to be able to avoid what I know is coming. That's what I want. That's what I want. I see some things that lie ahead and what I want is one thing. But he said, nevertheless, not what I want, but as you will. In the context of this, I could say it like this. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what I need. I want to avoid this path. I want to avoid this suffering, but I need to do it. 
I know in that context he needed to do it, not for himself personally, but more so for us. But he also needed to do it to fulfill the purpose for which he came. I want to be used of God. I believe I am amongst people that again, not just because of your response, but because of a genuine desire down deep inside, you want to be used of God. And as I've already said, there's a context and a need for that. But I've come to tell us tonight, I don't just want to be used of God. There is a need. There is a need. Not only is there a need for my own sake, for my own salvation, I've got to do His will and I've got to do that to be saved. But there are others that are depending upon me doing His will and being used. There are others who are waiting to see if I'm just going to do what I want or if there are going to be some needs in my life that it doesn't matter what I want or I don't want. I recognize that there are things that I must do to survive. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. I used these verses last Sunday night. But use them again in this context tonight. And now behold, this is Paul. I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. I have to believe that there was something inside of Paul that did not want to go to Jerusalem. I have to believe because he was a human being, there was some, there was some wants that Paul had that said, I would rather just stay here. I would rather just be where I am. I know what the, the circumstances and the situations are here. And so what I want is to stay, but I need in spite of what awaits me, in spite of the opposition, I need to go. I know there's some adversity and I know there's afflictions and imprisonment and there's going to be suffering. And if I just wanted it, I could say no. But it's not just what I want. It's what I need. Preaching to some people tonight that you are so dissatisfied in life and you are, you are so up and down in life because you're just living more so for your wants. You see, when I get in atmospheres like a church service and like we're in tonight, I want God. It's really not hard to get in a situation like this in an atmosphere like this and not want God. It's kind of hard. You got to be pretty stubborn or pretty carnal or something to get in an atmosphere like this and not want to respond. Not to have something inside that wants to reach out, but that's when we're in this environment. But when I get outside of this environment and then I'm faced with other circumstances and then I want something else so I can put other things ahead of God. I can put other things ahead of the body and I can put other things ahead of ministry because I will only do it as long as it's what I want and usually what I want is, is what's pleasurable and enjoyable. But when I recognize this 
is an absolute need. I've watched people and seen those that wanted to preach, wanted to be a preacher, wanted that until adversity, until some disappointments, until some letdowns, until some rejection, until some things that didn't go quite the way they were hoping and dreaming of them going. And now all of a sudden that want kind of gets pushed. Paul, I believe Paul's the one that said it. Woe, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Forget what I want. It's what I got to do. Forget what it is that I just want, that I wish I could do or wish I could be. It is what I need to do. My existence, my salvation, my life is dependent upon it. Some of you, there's things you wanted. But because all you saw it as was simply the want, you can push it aside. Put it on the shelf. You can ignore it. You can pursue your plans and your dreams and your life and ignore it because I, I, I want it, but if it's going to cost me, there, there's a bunch of things I want. There's all kinds of things I want as long as it's the right price. And there's a whole lot of things I want, but I perceive the price as being too much. I don't want to give my hard-earned money to the dentist for my kids. I am, I, I, I'm set up, I, I'm not, this is not, I'm not Dave Ramsey and this is not a financial seminar, okay? Hear ye, hear ye. I am not teaching you financial management right now, okay? We got that clear. I'm set up at the dentist. They basically got, they, they just charge me every month automatically. I love my kids. I love my kids dearly. But I don't want to spend my money on the dentist. But there's a need. And there's a whole lot of other wants that never happen because needs get in the way. Oh, God. We, we need to want to win the lost. We need to want... Let me, let me rephrase that. We should want to win the lost. We should want to see people saved. We should want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We should want to see the alcoholic delivered. We should want to see the drug addict set free. We should want to see broken families put back together. We should want to, and we, we should want to. But I've come to tell you tonight, I'm afraid for a lot of us, it's just a want. 
We want it, but it's just a want. And so if I look at the price tag and it's too much, I can just push it aside because it's a want. But I've come to tell you tonight, there are some needs that it's not about what you or I want. There are some needs that dictate I've got to go through Samaria. I'm not going through Samaria because I want to, not just because it's my choice, but I am. I am driven. I am obligated. I've got to do it. I wish, I wish, I wish we were motivated by our wants alone. I don't know. I don't want to assume too much, presume too much, but I wonder if maybe Jesus had to communicate to the disciples, I've got to do this. I need to do this because if he would have told them, I just want to, they, they may have given him some flack. If that's what you want to do, have at it. I must needs. There's some things that are dependent upon what I do that I can't just... I can't just take it or leave it. Need supersedes what we want. When I read the news and I see the condition of the world around me, need supersedes what I want when I see the moral decline that's going on around me. Need supersedes what I want when I see disease and sickness that no one has an answer for. It's no longer just about what I want, it's what we need. Need supersedes what we want when we look around in our own communities and see the issues. When our city, when our beloved Baltimore is one of the worst in the nation heroin, when Pasadena is, in this area has got some of the worst drug problems supposedly in the whole country, the whole country, not just in our state, in the country, it's not just a want for us to have a move of God, it's not just a want for us to touch our community. It's not just a want for us to impact some lives, but it is a need. It's not just a good idea. It's not just what we want to do because that's what we're supposed to do as a church, but it is what is needed. It's not just about an evangelistic effort. It's not just a block party to give away a few things and impact the community. It's not a want. It's not a want. It's a need. get a little closer to home when marriages that sit on these seats sit on those seats at the castle are falling apart it's not just about what we want when divorce is starting to become as common in the church as it is in the world it's not just about what we want 
When families in the church are being broken apart and torn apart, it's not just what we want, it's what we need. When kids that have been born and raised in the church are walking away from God and backsliding, this is not just a want, it is a need. Good church services is not just a want. It is an absolute necessity. A move of God is not just a want. It's a need. goes with the job and it's a part of the responsibility of leadership but I think it gets a little bit frustrating at times when you feel like people's perceptions is that's just what you want it's just what you want it's just what you want you know what there's things you want that can agitate me sometimes my kids get in a mode there's something they want they won't let up Stubbornness I got got passed on. And it didn't diminish. And all four of them. Some of them got a little bit more than other, the other siblings, I think. This one on the front row, I think, got the double portion of it all. My God, just let it go. said no five minutes ago. Now you're back at the same thing. What did you not understand about the last time? No. Five minutes later, all I can say is by the grace of God, one day, one day, that stubbornness is going to get channeled for something really good besides giving me more of these. What did you not understand? And for the most part, we hold out. Every now and then, fine. If you will leave me alone, if you will shut up, I will do it. Because If it's just their wants, my response is dependent upon my wants. You want to go here right now for this reason. I want to sit right here right now and do absolutely nothing. And as of this moment, my want is greater than your want. So I'm going to do my best based on my wants to totally zone you out. And I do have the ability to do that for a while. There comes a point in time where your want and persistent for what you want causes me to lay aside what I want. 
me adjusting my schedule in my life for what you want varies. Me changing my plans for what you want, there's no guarantee. But when something is a need, when we're not talking about what you want, but what you need, and I recognize it's a need, I put all of my wants aside. I put all of my preferences aside. And I'm going to give you my undivided attention because of a need. Can I tell you, God's got some needs tonight. God's got some things that's not just what he wants, but there are some needs. Are you willing to decide if it's what you need? I will submit to what you need no matter what I want. move of God, the flow of the Spirit. We want it. Nobody wants to go to a dead church service. Nobody wants to go to a dead church service. Nobody wants to sit through a dead church service. If I'm going to go to church, I'd at least want it to be enjoyable. I at least want something to happen. It's not just about what I want. When people that have sat on these seats for years are backsliding and walking away from God, a move of God, conviction, the Word of God being preached, and the Spirit of God moving, forget about what we want. Forget about what we want. There is a need that supersedes what we want. When we're questioning our doctrine, when people are questioning the way we live, not out there, but in here, a move of God is not just a want. A divine work of the Spirit of God is not just a want, but it is a need. It is an absolute necessity that must happen. It's not something I can choose at my convenience or something I can decide simply based on my preferences. But need says, I've got to change. Need says, I, 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 I've said this. He, everybody knows. Everybody knows. If you know him, you know he loves chocolate. All over the world, they know. I'm, literally, you go in it, they know. He loves chocolate. I'd put my love for chocolate up against his any day. Because I got it from him. I've said it before, the only difference is he has a tendency to mention it a little more than I do. So I just kind of stay in the closet with mine. I... I love it. I know you don't. You can't love whatever. I, I love it. I'm so I love it. It's the non-chocolate eaters that are arguing with me. You can't love that. You might like it. No, I love this. 
One reason I can tell you I love it is because I just can't imagine living without it. There's stuff I like, but I can live without. I don't. I can't imagine living without it. There's a few things that seem to be an essential part of every day, and that's one of them. There ain't no day complete without something somewhere in the day that's some chocolate. I, I, I envy all of you that don't like it. That causes me to question that God is fair and just. <laughs> Life would be a lot easier to live without my love for it. To walk through the line at the grocery store or the checkout counter at any store and ignore it. I hear you call my name. I'll never be the same. And then I feel like looking back at that whole shelf. I am here for you to. <laughs> I have no intent to give it up. I've spent a couple of times in my life where with a spiritual commitment, I gave it up for a little while. That's ridiculous. You, that's just because you don't know what it means. There, there is no plan, but I guarantee, I guarantee, I sit, sat down across from the doctor and he said, you either give it up or you die. I will be changing my love in a moment. Won't take long to decide I didn't think I could live without you. But because I have to, to survive, I will live without you. I know I said it at the beginning, and I'm, I'm winding down. We need to want to do all that we do. We need to want to do what we do as a church and as a body and as a, as a part of the kingdom. And we need to want to do what we do individually. I don't know how well I'm getting it across tonight. I don't know how well it's coming out. But I've come feeling an urgency. That if somehow we don't stop looking at this as just what we want. And don't recognize that this is a need. That we do not exist as a church just because we want to. We are not in this county and in Baltimore City with property we own in addition to the places that we meet. We are not making that investment just because it's something we want to do. But there is a need that mandates it to be done. There is a need that should compel us to do it. We cannot simply look at those things and say, I don't really want that anymore. 
more. I've got to realize it is a need that I must do it. Chosen youth leadership, chosen youth committee, chosen youth is cool. It's a great name. It's a great logo. It's neat. I've, I've done my best to show it off around the world because I'm in all, I'm in favor of it. But chosen youth is not just we want, we want as a part of our church because we want a youth ministry as a part of our church, but it is a need. It is a need. It's a need because there's a bunch of other youth out there that have no answers and no solutions and they're looking for something to satisfy and friends can't do it. Girlfriends can't do it. Boyfriends can't do it. No activity can do it. Athletics can't do it. Clothes can't do it. Texting can't do it. Social media can't do it. It's not what we want. It's what we need. Campus ministry, it's not just what we want because it's an exciting ministry as a part of this church. And it's exciting to see what's happened the last 10 years or so. It's not a want. I hope we want it, but it's not a want. It's a need. Going to the prison ministry, we don't just do it because we want to do it because that's what a church does. But it is a need. Not a take it or leave it. It's not about my preferences. It's about what is absolutely essential. I must needs go through Samaria. I am obligated that my very existence depends upon doing this. I preach to people that if something doesn't change quickly, We'll see you some weekends, other weekends. We won't see you. Because you're here tonight because it's what you want. Some of you are here because your world's falling apart. And so what you want is for God to magically put it back together. Because right now you have a need. And your need has superseded your want. Because when it was just a want, you were out doing something else on a Sunday night. But now that your life is in jeopardy and there's things that are, it's a need. So I'm going to be there because I need you to do something. You know what? That might be the greatest blessing God ever brought in your life. To bring you to a point where it's not just what you want anymore. And you can take it or leave it. But you recognize, I need this for my very survival. I'm, I'm closing. I've said it before. And I'm afraid a lot of times when we, we preach, people preach, and we, we kind of get to the end and there's nothing real tangible. And, and, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to trick you into something. I'm, I'm just going to do what I feel to do here tonight. There, there, are, there are so many applications Examples, I, some I've given, and many more that could be given. I want to, I want to focus on one thing as I close, and then we're going to give a 
broad altar call. And, and, and I guess uh, I'm hesitating because I don't want you to feel like everything has brought us to this. Because that's, that's not it. It's not it at all. This is only intended to be a, a part, a piece. We, we don't give just because we want to give. We don't give just because we want to give. We ought to give because we want to give. But giving is a need. No, I'm not talking about the church needs. I'm talking about it as a need. It's a need. I have a need to give. I want to give, but I have a need to give. Part of the reason I need to give is I need to sow something that God can cause to grow and bless. There's a need to give because... The vision of the kingdom, not just here, but the kingdom, the church. I, I we haven't done this in a while, and again, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want you. I, I don't want you somehow taking this next step, this next part of this, is the only thing out of. Because honestly, this ha- I, I, I've been feeling this message for several weeks and this idea just came to me this afternoon. So maybe that will hopefully help. Let me read one more passage. And it connects and then I'll, 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 I'm closing. Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I preached, I think it was earlier this year, if it wasn't, or excuse me, earlier last year, if it wasn't 2015, it was 2014, it's time to preach. No, not time for the preachers to preach, it's time for everybody to preach. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel and bring glad tidings of good things. From the very beginning, basically, not basically, from the very beginning, this church has been more than just about this area. It's been more than about just reaching Anne Arundel County and the other counties and places that were not, it's been a, it's been a part, it's been about the fact that we are connected to something that reaches beyond this state and goes throughout this country, but then it reaches beyond this country and goes around the world. How, how, how soon was that, Bishop, when you made PIM pledges? Before the first service of this church was ever even had. Commitments were made to missions, to be a part of mission. Before the first offering was ever taken, we have been a missions-minded church. I'm afraid missions has become a part of something that most of us want as opposed to recognizing a need. We are year after year for years now are in the top 20 churches of the United Pentecostal Church International for our foreign missions giving. That doesn't even count what we do 
for home missions. Top 20. But really, there's a lot of that that's not a result of our direct giving. And I think part of that is we've begun to see giving and all giving. And I'm focusing right now on missions, but all giving is, well, I want to give. And that's why when things get a little tight, I don't give because I just want to give. When I know I need to give, not only for reasons outside of me, but also for myself. When I know I need to give, I give. Convenient or not, I give. And, and, and I, I, we've, we've talked about it a couple times. Mother, I, my mother and myself talked about it some. And there's been a need, for a, a need for a while for a renewed spirit and attitude of giving for what's outside of here. That we get no direct benefit from. The saying is, I don't know where it came from, some give by going and others go by giving. The majority of us here tonight, God has not called us to go overseas and be a missionary. He's not sending us to some other nation around the world. That's not what our calling is. But because I'm not called to go, I can still go by my giving. So, as a, as a part of this tonight, we haven't done this, I don't think, I mentioned this in the elders meeting and some of them agreed with me. I don't think we've done this since the high school. There are folks here tonight that you faithfully give to missions. You have for years and years. There's some of you, if I were to get up here tonight and take a special offering, or something for missions, we probably, if I told you we needed $5,000 tonight for some kind of need for missions, we just came through Christmas, we just came through the holidays, I, I, I don't have a doubt that we could get it. But you know what? You, you, you don't reap a harvest by going out one time and just scattering. You, you got to keep sowing. So I'm asking those that will tonight, not just out of want, it's not just a want, but it's a need. It's not only a need for me, but it's a need for the kingdom. I sat and I, I, I got the chance, the highlight, honestly, the, the highlight of my trip to Singapore was being able to sit at the lunch table with brother and sister Alan Shaum. I'm thankful I got to preach. I'm thankful I got to teach. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But honestly, the part that meant the most was just sitting there. I said this to my dad the other day. But Brother Shaum is one of the most unassuming men you'll ever meet. Just, just very kind of, he, he's almost, he'd be in a room and you almost don't even know he's there. He doesn't demand attention and, when he prays, when he starts to pray, you, you, you don't have to have a whole lot of spiritual discernment to recognize that every 
spiritual thing in the room just came to attention. Been used mightily of God in the nation of Pakistan, many other nations. But I sat there, Brother Johnson, you can relate to this. I can't quite yet, not in a hurry to either, to be honest with you. But I sat there as he and his wife said, they've had a grandbaby. Their latest grandbaby was born just within the last couple of months. But it won't be until August that they get to even see it for the first time. I know people have some, you probably some of you here tonight, but, but, but that's not because of bad decisions. It's not because of problems in the family. It's because they've gone to give. It's not just what I want. It's what is needed. Actually, I meant to to do this. Ushers, would you come? Let's do it this way. I'm sorry. You guys grab a stack. Some of you do okay giving when you want to. We do a lot of things well when we want to. But as I've been preaching all night, there are some things that are not wants, they're needs. I'm going to ask tonight those that are willing to make a fresh new commitment to giving to missions. Those of you that already give regularly, faithfully, to help us out, I'm asking you just all over again to fill one of these out. I know you don't need it. It's not going to change you. You're not. But I'm asking you for our sake to help us to do this. To a bunch of you tonight that giving is just what you want to do and so you do it sometimes and other times you don't. I wonder if there's some, some fresh blood that would recognize there's a need that's greater than the want. So I'm asking... Ushers begin to move around if you're willing to make a commitment to take all it asks for is your name and the amount you're going to give each month. I'll give you a few moments to respond. Hopefully we've got some pens close by because I want you to fill it out and in just a moment I'm going to make an altar call and ask you to bring that. This is a need, folks. This, is not an, uh, this isn't a need because of us. This is a need because of the kingdom. I don't mean to be offensive, but don't sit there and write something down. Well, this is what I want to do. But recognize we are a part of something. There are needs that go beyond just what I want. There's no age limit on this, young people. I challenge you teenagers and even some children that are here tonight. You say, well, Brother Wright, I I don't have much to give. If all you can do every month is give a dollar, you have a need to give and to be involved. You need 
to give. Not only do you need to give, you need to give to something that does not directly benefit you. It's not going to make some kind of change in our church that benefits us directly, but it's something that's going to benefit the kingdom. To the rest of you adults, well, Brother Wright, I, I really can't afford to give much. You need to give something. I don't care if you're like the widow woman and all you've got is a dollar. You need to give. I want to give. I want to worship. I want to pray. I want to be involved with the lost. I want to live a holy life. I want to live a godly life. I want to be used by God. But as much as I want it, I've got a need that is greater than my want. Sister Trish, if you'd come, please. As you're getting these and you're filling them out, I realize there's not any great emotion. There's no great hype here right now. And so it's going to kind of be unemotional. But in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, those of you that are making a commitment to come and lay it on this altar as your demonstration of commitment. But Once you've done that, I'd like to give an altar call tonight to this church. And I guess the gist of it is this. That you would open your heart and your spirit tonight to God. To impress upon you afresh and anew. Those things that are not just wants in your life. But things that are an absolute need. Those things that while you may have wanted them and you want them even now, but for the most part they're just in the category of want, but you want the Spirit of God and need the Spirit of God to help you tonight. That it's not just what I want, but it's what I need. Whenever you're ready invite you to come you're making a commitment tonight I just want you to come and lay it on this altar as a sign but beyond beyond the commitment for giving as I've already said this message isn't about just giving I preach to you tonight with this to be the ultimate point of it I know There's a lot of things we have wanted as a church. There are things we want as a church. There are things we want God to do. There are things we want to see. There are things we want to experience. But I've I've come to tell Antioch on the first Sunday night of this new year. There are things that are more than just what we want. There are things that are absolute necessities that we need we have to have they must happen we must do them we must give ourselves to them we must participate in them once you've get once you've laid your pledge up here or whatever if you, if you don't have a pledge and you've come to just pray would you just begin to talk to the lord come on God, I know there are things you want us to want. 
I know there's things that you want us to want, and it it's good that we want them, but God, there's some things that it's not just what we want, God. It's a matter of survival. It's a matter of life. It's, it's a matter of our very existence. If all it does is stay a want, we can, we can put it aside when it's not convenient. We can ignore it when it infringes, a, when the price is greater than what I want to pay. But God, when it's a need, I can't ignore it. When it's a need, I can't disregard it. When it's a need, I can't just put it to the side and forget about it. There's some things, God, we need. There's some things we need, God. We don't just want a move of your spirit. We need a move of your spirit. We don't just want to be an evangelistic church. We need to be. We don't just want to be a church that loves the lost. We need to be. We don't just want to be a church that's committed to doctrine and holiness. We need it, God. There are needs that are greater than our wants. There are needs that surpass our wants, God. Help us tonight, Holy Ghost. Help us tonight. There are things that I wish, but nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I want, but what you need. You're sending me down a path that is not what I want. I'm going to lay aside my wants for the need. I'm going to respond to the need. I'm going to respond. I'm going to be pressed. I'm going to be motivated by the need that's greater at times than just what I want. I want you, God. I want you, but I also need you. I want you, Lord. I want you, God. I know I want you, but there's also a need that is even greater than my want, God. There's a need that I have for you that is beyond my want for you, God. I want to be used by you, God. I want you to use me, God. I greatly want you to use me, God. But greater than my want is my need for you to use me. It's not an option. It's not a luxury, God. It's a necessity. I need you, I need you, I need you. I want you, God, but tonight I'm confessing. Tonight, God, I'm confessing I need you. And I don't just want you, but I need you. In the name of Jesus.
to go. You're welcome to do so. Please be respectful of those that are still praying. Don't forget there's fellowship available downstairs if you'd like to spend a few moments fellowshipping before you leave. 